I've been thinking a lot lately about the mental concept of what a lot of people refer to as the need to keep it all together or keeping their life together, keeping it all together, basically. And I did some thinking about that and realized that everyone has a little bit of a different way or and they have people have different beliefs about how important it is to try to keep it all together. Everyone has a different philosophy about how much of a role they play in that or how much of a role they should play in that, how much effort they should make, you know, what is what are the expectations around that. I think with each individual there is we all kind of have a different take on that and a different set of beliefs and expectations. So I don't really necessarily feel the need to question any of those beliefs because I realize that through most of my life I have had my own unique set of beliefs around how important it was for me to keep it all together. And what I mean really when I'm talking about this is it's all of the moving parts of life. There's all of the things that are happening in our personal lives, in our work lives, with friends, with family, uh, with any, you know, any, uh, any work that we're doing in the community, any of our hobbies, just, you know, what really it is that uniquely makes each one of us who we are. And most people I have talked to have expressed some sort of stress around that to a certain degree. Uh, And it's also in varying degrees. In other words, some people I've met have really been struggling or really are struggling with trying to figure out how to keep it all together. And some people I've met used to struggle with it and have gotten to a place in their lives for one reason or another where they're not struggling with it so much. And I know for me, my own experience on this journey has been that I spent a lot of years really, really struggling and causing a lot of unnecessary suffering for myself and in some cases for others because I had a set of beliefs around, you know, what, 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 I, what, what keeping it all together meant for me. You know, I had a certain number of balls in the air that I had to keep, you know, keep juggling Uh, or as someone I uh, have known for a long time refers to this as, you know, plates spinning on a stick. If you've ever seen some of the old uh, variety shows, you know, you'll you'll see uh, people actually doing that, you know, as a skill. And you have all these various plates spinning at different speeds. You're, You're trying to hold on to all these sticks and move them around. And sometimes life really does feel that way. So I'm not here to say that life doesn't feel that way. I'm not here to say that it's wrong to feel the need to keep it all together. I'm not here to say that our desire to try to maximize our ability to do that is wrong or bad, because I don't think that's the case. I think everyone has to decide for themselves about whether or not this is something that really is is benefiting them and whether or not holding on to these beliefs and acting according to the beliefs that they're holding and all the expectations that they're harboring about 
their ability to do this at a level that they feel like is is optimal whether or not that's really healthiest and best for people and I know it's up to every person to decide that and so when I've taken a deeper look at this myself what I have found that has really healed me and has helped me in a lot of ways is without you know without judging this I just wanted to develop a level of awareness about what it is that my mind is really engaging in And so as a result of ongoing mindfulness practice for a period of time, you know, practicing being aware of what my mind is doing, it occurred to me that I have tended to have my own unique vision and a whole set of expectations for myself and goals around keeping it all together, everything in my life. And that's the way that I saw it. And... As I sat with that a little more, I didn't try to stop doing that. I did not judge it in any way. I just simply was aware of it. And then over a longer period of time, I just really watched myself and watched my mind and paid attention to what it was thinking about around those beliefs that I needed to hold it together, that I needed to somehow keep my life all together, and that there was some need for me to uh, to expend some kind of effort to, you know, make something happen in that regard. And as I watched myself, and this was really over a long period of time, this is not something that I just noticed and was able to make some adjustments and relieve some unnecessary suffering, you know, very quickly. It took, you know, it took years for me to And I think a lot of it was due to the fact that sometimes when we see things about ourselves, you know, the beliefs that we are holding on to and expectations and hopes and dreams, those things, you know, when we start questioning those, it can be very, very painful. It can be very unsettling. It can can leave us really, I've heard someone recently refer to this as feeling like they're without a center. You know, we need to have something to hold on to to feel like everything is okay and is going to be okay. And I really think that that's natural and very normal. And as I continued to watch myself over a longer period of time, and there again, it's, you know, to to practice mindfulness, you know, I don't want to overlook, I don't want to overlook the fact that it is a discipline. And that as I watched my mind over a period of years, I started to see that I had a lot of identity wrapped up in this, you know, creating this identity of this person that needed to somehow hold all of my life together. I needed to, you know, run here and run there and, you know, back and forth and back and forth, you know, taking all of these actions to make sure that I was making, you know, certain people happy, that I was meeting people's expectations, that I was doing a good job. There was so many different gyrations of this and so much activity, nervous activity is what I like to refer to it as. I mean, just nervous energy going through the period of a day trying to hold everything all together, trying to meet all the expectations that I had for myself and that I thought other people had for me. Some of those expectations that that I thought other people had for me were certainly real, but I had a hand in really setting those expectations. That also took me a while to realize that 
the expectations that other people have of me and, and who they think that I am, I realize that's ultimately their business. But if I am in the habit of nervously trying to go through these gyrations to meet people's expectations that I think that they have, that I'm projecting onto them, at some point I'm sending messages unconsciously to people that it's okay to expect these things from me. And as I started to see that this is something that was very habitual and very unconscious, over a period of time I started to question why I felt the need to feel that I needed to do this, that I somehow had this responsibility to keep my life together, that I had to keep it all together, that I had to do all of these different things in order to make other people happy. And really with my model, it was, you know, almost what they refer to as a codependent model. I wasn't really happy. I could not really rest until I knew that everybody else in my life, that I wanted to make sure that they were happy, that they were happy. And at some point, as I continued to question this, and this is the other point of this, is sometimes some of our really deeply entrenched patterns of thought, patterns of of behavior, the beliefs that we hold on to, really do, it's like they become a part of us. And when we start questioning those things, mindfulness practice really helps at a different level in that sometimes it can be very unsettling to question these various behaviors and if we can have a stable support and that's really for me what I have found and many people I've talked to and that I have taught and that I have sat with have found that it is a very stable support in other words we have to and it isn't it isn't something that it just is that way that is something that we have to practice the longer that we practice mindfulness the more that we build that stable support And it really does act, I think, as a springboard for the deep inner work that we sometimes feel like we need to do. And it's, you know, it won't do the work, you know, the mindfulness practice will not do the work for us. Uh, It it won't, uh, you know, it won't necessarily solve any of the problems. The only, if it it solves any problems at all, it really solves, the, the only problem I can see that it solves is that I am no longer burdened by believing everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling, that it actually empowers me to begin to deeply question my beliefs, that it allows me to deeply question my assumptions about life. It deeply allows me to make, you know, to question what I believe that, that other people are, who they are, what they're about, what is, what is it that they should expect from me, what I should expect from them. And it really does. It really, I find that it really is a springboard and a source of support for the kind of questioning that really gets to the root of where all this stuff comes from. Where, you know, know, when you ever ask yourself, how did it get this way? How did my life end up this way? How did, you know, how did things end up like this? I know I've been there many, many times. I've been at that place where I am literally questioning everything. And to have a stable base of support to start really effectively questioning 
And this is not in a what I call in an interrogate, you know, in an interrogative way or in an in an interrogational way. This is not. There is no perpetrator. There is no victim. We're not looking for someone to blame because that just leads to more suffering. The more I'm looking for to either blame myself for this or to blame other people, the more that I am just continuing to suffer because as long as I can blame myself or blame others, I'm not really going to get to the core of what is really causing my continued engaging in these behaviors. It just won't. I know it feels good sometimes, or I shouldn't say feel, yeah, I guess it maybe does. I shouldn't say that it feels good, but it sometimes it, it allows us to feel some sense of righteousness that we can blame someone else or blame ourselves for these things. And at the end of the day, we may have done all these things very unconsciously. And there again, that does not, you know, if we're going to talk about blame, and it's that's really not the focus, you know, the idea here is, is that we, as we become more conscious we really become more conscious of our unconscious and we become more conscious of what we're thinking about what we're feeling that we may not even be in touch with that is the amazing thing about this is as human beings we have an amazing ability to be able to think so many things and engage in so many patterns of thought that actually come from the feelings that we're experiencing and once we have the thoughts it's like a feedback loop those thoughts can generate different feelings and if you've ever heard anyone talk before about being in a self-defeating spiral or a a a self-defeating spiral of down you know downward spiral of behavior that that is where i think this really comes from it's like where our thoughts and feelings are very closely related they affect each other they they cause you know feelings cause thoughts And then again, you know, thoughts can actually cause other feelings and it just keeps, you know, it just keeps going. So when I got to a place where I started to really begin to question this whole idea of needing to keep it all together, I then found myself wanting to, you know, searching for some new belief. Okay, if I've questioned this belief and I've completely... It's like building a model in your head, and I've completely blown up this model. You know, I unconsciously started thinking right away, I've got to have some other model to replace it, right? And I noticed that as I read, you know, books, you know, by spiritual masters and people that have done work on themselves, in some cases I read what I believe to be people who literally lived in a way where they didn't really have, they just completely released themselves of any need to do anything at all. They just lived in the moment and believed that things happen as they are, are supposed to happen and that there is some greater force that is causing those things to happen. And that really, in some ways, I, that really resonated with me. I, I, you know, it, it, it made sense to me to be able to trust in life to a certain degree, to believe that, is, you know, and this is not as a way to... Uh, excuse myself from responsibilities and it's not a way for me to avoid making the efforts or doing the work that I need to do but there's something to me about having some sense of trust and I realize for everyone that's different everyone has different spiritual beliefs and and I think that there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and it's not that it matters to me it doesn't really even matter what I think but I 
what I'm saying here is is that I think the 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 idea of questioning the belief that we have of needing to hold this all together no matter where it leads it may lead to a different belief it may lead to us having no beliefs at all about this and just living life and letting life unfold the way that it does but no matter what we end up believing or if we end up believing in nothing at all about how this works and just living it and letting it speak for itself I think that the whole process of questioning really taking some time to sit with that need that we feel, that deep urge, that compunction to always be doing something to hold it all together because we're afraid to let go. And I've been there so many times and I am not saying this in a judgmental way at all because I still sometimes find myself doing it now. I did it yesterday it, it's, I, you know, and I'll probably do, do it later today. So the idea here is not to try to push this out of our mind to the point that we no longer do it because I I have found that trying to quit habits so to speak the more that I try to quit a habit the more I'm going to engage in it because it's all I'm thinking about so if I can just be kind and gentle to myself you know if after questioning this belief I can begin to start picking it apart and unpacking it I can begin to start really questioning the assumptions that I'm making about about life and my role in it, my beliefs that I'm holding about it that really drive my need to try to make all these different things happen. And it may take time. This I think there are some things that we can there you know this will take time. There's some things that we can do that where we can you know see behaviors and make some adjustments fairly quickly and a little bit more easily. For me, this was one of the tougher ones. This is one of those that really defined how I saw my own life and my place in the world and what my role is and what I needed to be doing for myself as well as for others. And so this is one that takes some time. And it took it admittedly there was a definite need to have discipline to sit with this day to day and let myself just kind of pay attention to how I was dealing with this. And as I continue to slowly question all of these beliefs and assumptions and instincts to try to take all of these actions to, to keep this all together, I began to see that I didn't need to do so much of it. And even if I felt like I needed to, I could question as, as that feeling came up and then the thought came up about that feeling that, you know, I need to do this in order to keep this going. You know, people expect me to do this. I, I expect me to do this. And I could start, you know, as soon as I my mindfulness practice allowed me to be aware that I was thinking this way. And then once I was aware of thinking this way, I could sit back and not react to my own thoughts about needing to do something and to be be able to gently question, okay, I feel like I need to do this. Why do I feel like I need to do this? What is it about this that, that causes me to have this need to do this? Am I doing this because I'm trying to make someone happy? Is this making me happy? Is this really what I feel like I should be doing? How do I feel when I'm doing this? 
how do I feel after I'm finished doing this, whatever it is that I think that I need to do to keep it all together. And then if it was, you know, part of keeping it all together is also, I think, if at least for me, it has to do with my own concept of myself, my own uh, sense of self-worth, my own sense of self-confidence, or the lack of that. And most of my life has been a lack of self-confidence. But I have, I have wanted to take responsibility for that as well and realize that I've chosen that. People have not put that on me. I have chosen to feel this way about myself, and it affects how I relate to other people. So keeping it all together is you know not just about the actions and things that we need to do, but it's also about how I feel about myself. What is, you know, what is my place in the world? And as I began to look at those things, and that really took some time because... When I started really unpacking my own self-concept and who I saw myself as, what I believed about myself, who I thought that I really was, I had to take some time to really start to question that as well. And I found that a lot of my, the need, as far as keeping it all together, the need to take action to do things for people because I thought they expected it or I conditioned them to expect it. And I needed to be able to do that to feel better about myself. It's almost like you can see this all kind of feeds each, you know, these different aspects of this feed each other. And so if you, you know, pull the rug out from under all this too quickly, it can be very catastrophic because it's almost like in a way I refer to this once to someone as having, you know, on a computer they have what they call a motherboard, which, you know, I don't know necessarily understand that much about computer technology other than how to use one. But I understand that when the motherboard shorts out or goes out, you have really a machine that no longer can function very well. And I've had some periods of that here in the recent months where I've gone through some of that. And it was very, very painful, but it can also be very, very beneficial. But it has to be something that has to be undertaken, I believe, has to be undertaken with care. And in many cases, it is best to have a healing professional, I think, in order to work through these things because it's easy to get trapped in that place or stuck in that place and not really be able to do this work of really questioning all of our beliefs and assumptions about who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. So, if anything, as I wrap all this up, I realize that it's amazing how one single concept in our minds, one single belief that is essentially sounds like this I need to keep it all together I've got to keep my life together I it amazes me how that one phrase refers to something that can be so complicated and can be so complex and in many cases can be really mysterious because if we have developed all of these beliefs and assumptions and taken on certain roles in our lives and in the world we may have done a lot of this very unconsciously a lot of this may have to do with our childhood and our experiences during that time a lot of it may have to do with traumatic events that we have reacted to over you know in the short run and as well as in the long run and then we may wake up one day and realize this is where we we have arrived at and maybe a lot of the, the, the journey that we took to get to this place where we feel so strongly that we have to keep it all together and hold it all together so tightly and not let go, that we can find that it can be very, very difficult to, uh, to take a look at this from a different angle. 
And for me, the mindfulness practice has really helped. I don't think necessarily that anything that I've said is an instruction on how to do that other than the fact that I, what, I, what I do believe is that the mindfulness practice will help us develop the discipline to be able to pay attention to our minds over a period of time. It will also help us to be able to do that more automatically without remembering to do so when we're in the middle of life, when we're struggling with holding it all together. We're struggling with trying to keep it all together. And we're feeling torn in 15 different, you know, we're pulled in 15 different directions because we're trying to keep it all together. That we can actually take a step back and look at that in a different way and begin to see ourselves and our lives in a different way and know that it can't necessarily all be changed overnight. And that's really there again. The mindfulness also develops that discipline of staying with this, staying with our minds, paying attention to our minds. It gives us that, what I refer to as that stable support or springboard so that we can begin to ask the real questions that we need to to be able to start really taking a deeper look at all this and understanding our motivations and our beliefs that led to us beginning to develop this huge infrastructure of belief that we need to hold this all together and keep it all together. And this is one of those, you know, real existential things. This is one of those that really gets to the core of what it means to be a human being. You know, our beliefs about who we are and what it is we're supposed to be doing. And what we do to ourselves when we don't do that. So this is something that is a process. And I really believe, at least for me and for many people that I've worked with, that mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice, because the whole other aspect of this is we have to be able to cope with how we feel when we start unpacking all this, when we start picking this apart, when we start feeling uneasy because we're really starting to get to the root of what really, as my mother used to always refer to, she always used to say, what makes Sammy run? I don't know where she got that phrase, but I always remember that. And whenever I was in the midst of just unconsciously, almost like a robot, running in 15 different directions, trying to keep it all together, she would sometimes look at me with that look and just, you know, she would always say, you know, Jeffrey, what makes Sammy run? Why is Sammy running? I don't even know. Maybe she just made it up. But it's, it's you know, it's, I love how we all have these different phrases that stay with us. And that's, I haven't heard her say that in many, many years because she's no longer with us. But yet, that is one of those that really harkens back, at least for me, to kind of start. And that was kind of the beginning of that. I started, you know, and this is many years ago, to start really looking at this. So the, the key to this is patience. And the key to this is developing that awareness and developing that stable base of support as we continue to do that work. If that's something that we want to do and feel that we should do, not saying that it's something that people have to do or should do. I just know that for me, it is, it has helped me tremendously to live more of an authentic and genuine life and to actually be here in the present moment more and not feeling like I have to be torn in 15 different directions, going 15 different directions to get it all done and to hold it all together. The temptation is still there for me, and it always will be, but I just the awareness is what helps really begin to question that and not believe the need, you know, that I need to do anything about it.